0: In this week's episode...
1: Your mind's telling you this can't be right. Something's mm. got to change here. You can't just keep increasing your insulin or taking insulin and not eating for long periods of time and it'll all be okay. Mm. It goes against everything you believe, everything that you know when you deal with your hypo because there wasn't as much carbs in your meal as what you planned for.
0: But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone Podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Good afternoon welcome back to the Insulone Podcast. I hope you're well. I hope the week has been treating you well, whatever you've been up to and whatever you're up to right now. If you're at the gym, if you're driving to work, if you're driving home from work, if you're out for a walk, whatever. I hope you are ready for an unbelievable episode. And I say unbelievable episode because... It's what it is. Lucas Clark is somebody who I stay in touch with a good bit. He's crazy into fitness. He is an absolute beast. His Olympic lifting that he does, his weightlifting that he does is it almost like I get I get stressed even watching it. He's so good and he's so strong and he's he's so athletic. But anyway, I could talk about that for days. Lucas Clark and myself, we recorded an episode about a year ago. And we spoke about his Crohn's disease and how he navigates his life with Crohn's and diabetes. And with this episode, we jumped straight into his Crohn's because when we jumped on the call, I asked how he was doing and he said, not great because he was going through a recent flare and my ignorance towards Crohn's, I don't really know too much about it. I didn't really know what that meant and Lucas jumps straight into how difficult Crohn's is and how difficult Crohn's can be on top of living with type 1 diabetes, which as we all know is a very difficult condition to live with at times. So. How Lucas speaks about this, his his mindset, his resilience, his drive towards his passion for weightlifting and, and being in the gym and being healthy is inspiring to say the very least. So I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let you listen to this episode and I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it. Take it easy. Okay, Lucas. So so like I said to you, I'm looking forward to this chat again. really enjoyed the first one and we always... Stay in touch through Instagram and, and these kinds of things. I'm always staying up to date with your freakish lifts in the gym. Uh, I'm I'm impressed more and more every time I see it. But let's jump straight in, if you don't mind. One of the first things you've yeah. just said to me today when we when we jumped on this call was that I asked you, Lucas, how are things? And your response was? They've been better, um, but
1: they've also okay. been worse. So we're getting somewhere. Okay. Um,
0: but as I said, like
1: recently, Crohn's flare sort of started back in June. Um, and then August time, I was hospitalized because of my Crohn's. It just wasn't settling. We a bit of medication, a couple of changes. And it just wasn't settling. If anything, it was getting worse. Um, so that was a big spanner in the works. Then into hospital, say a week in there, back out, more medication, changes again. And trying to make them adjustments has been a challenge for a couple of months. Mm.
0: Sure. So excuse my ignorance towards the, the condition of Crohn's, but when you say a flare-up, Lucas, what do you mean yep. specifically by that? Um, so you can be in like remission,
1: so you don't really get many symptoms across a long period of time, and that changes for everybody. It could be, it could be in remission for weeks or years. For me, I was probably in remission for the last two years, um, but a good position for the last six years. Uh, we know hospitalized days and just a couple of smaller flares. Um, but then when you flare up, all your symptoms sort of start coming back. And that's just things from simple things like a decrease in appetite or le- lethargicness. So, three things like that that aren't major, but then also you get your increased need to go to the toilet, diarrhea, pain, passing bloods, vomiting, all these sort of things that obviously then have a larger impact on your health as well. Hmm. So, it's so the. Toilet stuff that really sort of impacts your day as well, because the more you're at the toilet, the more you're passing, the more blood, the less foods you're taking in, and it just really starts to grate on you, and really brings you down a bit. Hmm.
0: I remember the first conversation we had, Lucas and you were talking about like when you initially were were diagnosed with Crohn's, yep. and correct me if I'm wrong, but from from what I can remember, the lead up to you like officially being diagnosed. Did it? It got to a stage where you were going to the bathroom like thirty times a day.
1: Yep, and that was the same with this one. Um, so I was waking up pretty much every hour through the night to go to the toilet. Like, and that was even if you've not eaten from six o'clock. So you think, oh, that digestion gone? As normally you should be thinking, right, I wake up in the morning, you no, know, nine o'clock, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, you're up, going to the toilet, passing agony, pain, struggling to get back to sleep. And then sometimes you get into this routine so you're not sleeping as much because you know you're going to be up in 45 minutes' time. So you're like, mm. and you just lie there thinking I'm I'm awake. Other times you're just straight back out and then oh, right back up again. Mornings were always the worst as well. Like in the morning, from that sort of waking up at six o'clock till 10, 11 o'clock in, that, like in the morning, you're going 10, 15, 20 times a day sometimes just in that morning period of trying to get yourself settled and up and about. And so
0: that's insane so like when you're going to bed when you say you get up potentially every hour at night yeah is this a case of you like setting alarms for for those times or do you wake up naturally as a result of it yeah
1: you you, there's no alarm needed you you wake up and you know you need to go to the toilet you have like a 20 second window to get to the toilet it's not like oh no do i need the toilet i'll wait and see i'll maybe try and roll back over it's like right you need to go
0: now and you're straight out of the bed it's that's how urgent it is so has this recent flare-up been kind of reminiscent of that like similar to your initial diagnosis
1: yeah pretty much it's definitely been my worst one for a long long time um obviously it needs to be to go back into hospital for the first time in a lot of years but at first it was like sort of ebbs and flows like right okay it's kind of getting bad right I'll, in the hostel let's see what can happen and it was kind of like oh it's not too bad just now i can deal with it i'm only going 10 15 times in the morning before work i can get to work it's fine or or oh, there's a couple of hours window in the afternoon i can train i can do it. But i'm not worried too much but it was just relentless it was just week after week after week and there was no signs of it stopping it was like oh there's a few hours of peace rather than there's a couple of days um and obviously it just got to the stage where i was passing more and more blood getting worse feeling worse um i started getting like so sort of, eye swelling and stuff like that my eye was swelling up and it was all red this eye was getting all sort of scabby i was getting migraines all the time um and it was just your body was getting run down so badly because obviously you're not absorbing enough nutrients you're passing out so much you're struggling to sleep your body's just kind of shutting down my blood sugars were getting higher training and just general day-to-day wellness stuff was becoming more of a challenge. So your body's just completely fighting against itself for weeks and months on end. So it's probably about two months before I ended up at the hospital of me trying to just
0: hold it out. And for anybody who's listened to this, Lucas, who may not have listened to the first episode that we did, by the way, if you haven't listened to it, I strongly urge you to because it's an unbelievable episode. But for anybody, Lucas, who doesn't know what, Crohn's actually is how would you describe
1: it um so it's an inflammatory bowel disease where basically like diabetes your body's fighting against itself for whatever apparent reason it decides that your body's the enemy and it just chooses your digestive system so for me I've got Crohn's disease predominantly in my small bowel and then I've got ulcerative colitis mainly my large bowel so the two of them go hand in hand for me and it just causes all sorts of issues and health complications along the line um but your colitis normally stays in the same area but during a flare your crohn's disease can impact anywhere d- during your digestive system so from your esophagus and things like that so for me i start noticing early on in a flare i start getting ulcers all around my mouth it's sort of swelling on my tongue dryness things like that because that's the start of
0: it for me um because obviously it's impacting that whole digestive tract hmm. i suppose when I look at it logically in terms of how do you just go about your day? Cause you said 10, 15 times in the morning, you could be running to the bathroom even before work. How does this fit into your day? Like how, how does your, your day to day look now?
1: Uh, not exciting. Um, flight, it's definitely not the most exciting. Everything's planned around. Where's the nearest toilets? Where's the bathrooms? If you're going on public transport, it's like, right, get the train, don't get the bus and things like that because there's the toilet on the train so if anything happens right you've got that planning routes in advance knowing that you might need to cancel things as well so say if you said oh can we go out for dinner tomorrow night knowing that tomorrow night I might need to cancel last minute to say I can't make it because it could be even worse at that time and I'm struggling to get out of the house or struggling to get off the bathroom um, so it's all very much planned and everything's like right what time is it worse what time's better right when can I get out of the house how far is wherever we're going, do I need to break that journey up? Is where we're going safe to go to? Um, Is there going to be a restroom or whatever there? Um, Are we going to be out and about in the countryside for an hour, two hours and there's no toilet? If so, right, I can't come. Um, Things like that. So it's all these sort of changes
0: that you need to make at these sort of times. Mm. And how long generally or how long are you hoping, Lucas, that that this flare last four is this something that can be like weeks months Do, yeah. when so when does it generally start to kind of subside
1: a flare can be anything from sort of like a five six day period that's a nice manageable flare it's happened blood's increased your appetite's decreased a bit you're getting the fatigue but you're starting to come out of it quite quickly and you're feeling not too bad uh, your average is a month or so you so a month or two depending on the sort of medication how severe it is But for me, obviously, this one started back in June. So that's six months already, pretty much, with this flare. I'm now at the best position in the flare I've been in that six months. And the hostel's hoping within the next two to three weeks, I'm recovering back to where I should be. Um, And the medication of the high-prednisolone dose, that's decreasing. And I'm at a position where I'm comfortable and going about my day without the impacts of the medication or my flare as well. Mm.
0: And is this a case of Lucas, the the medication that you take, like does does it help noticeably, or is it a case of once you get a flare, you essentially just kind of have to deal um, with what you get?
1: So we started, like, so I take medication for it all the time, but we started like a budesonide. Obviously, most people might know that through like inhalers and stuff like that. That didn't have the impact as they hoped for or expected. Um, that's why I ended up going to hospital, um, IV steroids through the drip that works miracles for me always has a couple of days on that and wow, symptoms are pretty much going hmm. um, but then when you come off that you need to go on to another steroid treatment to help manage coming through it so like an oral steroid um, so it could be a again or the most common ones like prednisolone um, obviously it's a, a cortisone steroid and the side effects you can get with that are horrendous but for me for whatever reason so it's maybe like an eight week course of dosage you get you start on a high dose at 40 milligrams and every week you decrease just like clockwork and by the end of eight weeks that's your offer um for me it's never happened like that not once never during one flare had ever done it so this time first week 40 milligrams second week 35 third week 30 milligrams symptoms were back right back up to forty, second week, 35, third week, symptoms were back. So it was like, right straight back up to 40. And obviously the longer you're on them higher dosages, the worse it is. That's why you want to decrease it nice and gradual and come off it. Hmm. Um, so the longer you're on, the more side effects you get, the worse you feel. But the less it's your Crohn's, it's the more this tablet's impacting every part of your day and all the sort of negative side effects that you get through something like that.
0: Hmm. Yeah, you use the word horrendous for the potential side effects that you can get (laughs) that's not a light word to use what like what type of side effects generally could people expect to see with it so
1: bloating and like swelling is huge It's very very common very very quick um but it's swelling across your lower back as well so it's not just like bloating in your stomach and you feel a bit uneasy it's right across your lower back so you're carrying a huge amount of water weight very early on so for me knowing my sort of body weight and stuff and measuring that within a couple of days i was fluctuating day to day from where i started at 77 kilo up to my heaviest during one of the days was 89 kilos and then oh. within a couple of days i was back to 86 so that's a three kilo gain in a couple of days back down to 85 back up to 87 and so them gains in what weight are just
0: weight yeah, loss on. yeah
1: wow in your cheeks in your face in your eyes so your eyes can get quite puffy quite swollen um because all that water weight's just clinging on um so that's a very uncomfortable side effect but then you get side effects like your sort of tiredness and mood and all your sort of mood swings that come with it um so you can be up and down in instance something that normally wouldn't trigger you at all all of a sudden is like the end of the world and you're ready to lose it and mm. you think right what's going on here um things like that again your energy levels just constantly changing so you're thinking right okay i'm not suffering from my flare. i've got this plan today brilliant i'm in a good mood i'm in a good space energy level's fine then all of a sudden nothing's changed i've not done anything but bang you're right at rock bottom you're crash you're like i've got no-, no energy i've got nothing left um but then the next day you could be almost hyper with the amount of energy you've got mm. um so obviously put that in with diabetes where you get your highs and your lows and your crashes and stuff like that and then you're just magnifying how bad these sort of energy levels can be mm. um so that was a, a nice pleasant challenge from day to day um, but just all the other wee bits like this sort of general rundown this like your tendons and stuff i really noticed this time like my tendons were swelling in my knees um and that's one of the things it says on the letters is quite common that tendon issues and ligament issues But it was really in my knees. i found the impact this time um so just like waking up and your knees and your ankles were really sore but you've just been sleeping and you're like, right, why are they so sore? My knees are swollen. This is why. Things like that. So
0: Mm.
1: every day was different.
0: Insane. Insane. And when I listen to this, Lucas, I'm I'm like, it's, even though it's an autoimmune disease and as we both know how kind of consuming type one diabetes can be, type one diabetes rarely like essentially dictates your entire day. Whereas the detail you're going into here about essentially your plans revolve around, is there a bathroom near me? Like that is directly dictating your day and what you do. And I think that's the big thing
1: that you say, like your diabetes is always there. It's always going to be part of your life. Mostly during a flare, Crohn's disease is almost your life. And that's it. There's
0: no two ways about it. So it's, Hmm. So I suppose the, the next big question and we've kind of led into it is how, how does your diabetes look during a period like this, where things are almost unpredictable daily, if not hourly based on the flare, based on the medication, based on mood swings, energy, yeah. like the Crohn's itself is obviously something massive to be dealing with, yeah. but then you're thrown in type one diabetes. Like uh, how does, how does that look? So
1: early on in the flare, pre-hospital, sort of hospital, it, was, man, it was slightly harder than normal to deal with. Obviously, you've got that inflammation within the body, so you're naturally sitting slightly higher. The medication started, and that was putting you just at a slightly higher than normal level. Um, so you're sort of combating that. But then, take into consideration, because you're not out as often, you're not doing as much walking, not much activity, your insulin sensitivity is decreasing a little bit. Um. But you're aware of it, and you're putting the steps in place. Then you go into hospital. You're on drips. You're on new medication again. But you're also inactive, completely. Mm-hmm. Um, your diet changes when you're in hospital. It's not a case of, right? Okay, what am I going to have for dinner? Do do do. Right, let's prep it. Right, h- how many carbs have I got across that pre-bolus? Right, start cooking. Right, there we go. There's my half-hour window. It's six o'clock, and they've came round and they say, "What do you want for dinner?" You've got two options. There's no carbs. There's nothing. They just tell you, right, here it is. You're going to eat it or not. And then it's at your table within 20 seconds. And so it's like that. So you're like, right, can okay, I eat a pre-bolus. I remember one of the days I pre-bolused and I left it sitting there on the side. And I was just sitting there waiting. I thought, right, I'll get it in 15, 20 minutes. It's going to be cold, but we're fine. And then one of the accelerators came around to take it away. I was like, you're not eating tonight? And I'm like, no, I am. I've just pre-bolused. I'm just waiting. And she was like, what? do you want something else? And I'm like, no, no, that's fine. I just, just like, it's getting cold. And I'm like, it's fine. I'll have it in a minute. Um, but that sort of thing obviously changes as well. So in hospital, I think for that week I was in the hospital, my average time in range was 24%. was the lowest I've ever seen in my life. Um, and obviously I kept saying to them, I'm like, they were coming around, right? Okay, what's your blood sugars before dinner? And I'm like, oh, I'm at 10.8. And they're like, all right, okay, that's fine. And I'm like, no, that's out of range.
0: Mm. That's
1: dreadful. And they're like, no, no, that's better than most people would check. And I'm like, and I was like, well, I'm at 12.6 before bed. That's not good for me. And they're like, that's fine. We don't need to worry about your ketones. And I'm like, right, okay, and it was just sort of thing. But for me, who has it managed and knows, right, 90-plus percent of my day, I'm going to be in range. Hmm. I'll have a couple of peaks post-training, pre-training maybe, things like that. And then all of a sudden, you're getting spikes throughout your sleep. You're getting cra- – I never really crashed once the whole time I was in hospital. It was always high. Taking your correction doses, and you are coming back down to eight or nine, no matter how many sort of doses you're taking, you're taking a very high dose, thinking right that will put me down at four, and you're scraping into the tens or scraping into nine, and you're like, how, mm. how is that not worked the same? Obviously, it's the medication the activity, all that sort of stuffs getting into. Then coming out of hospital, high dose of prednisolone, and that naturally puts your sugars up, even if you've not got diabetes, decreases your insulin sensitivity. So, again, straight away, it was like, Right, I need to fight this to make sure that my sensitivity is increasing again. And if I am sitting higher, what do I need to do? What steps do I need to put in place? Really making sure that pre bolusine was a, a huge part of it, right? Um, so much so early on when I was still at 40 milligrams, one of the days I took my insulin dose, went in an hour walk, came home prepped my meal, ate my meal, went back out for 15 minutes and only was still just rising. There was no, no crash. No way. And it's like, so that's like nearly an hour 40 minutes after the insulin and I was still not seeing a drop. Um, and even into the night, it didn't drop anything. It was just like, right, okay, that's, it just worked. Um, so that was obviously huge. Wow. to start, start working that out and going, right, I'm going to to take my insulin, go a walk, and then come back and prep to make sure that insulin's kicked in. Because if I wasn't going to walk straight after taking insulin, it wasn't kicking in for two hours sometimes. That's how slow it was. Um, wow. It's not great if you walk out for a meal or whatever, and you're like, right, okay, I need to take my insulin. You're like, oh, I'm going high straight away. This is going to be fun. Um, so that was quite big early on, and now it's sort of, it's getting a little bit better, a little bit more manageable. Um, the sensitivity is increasing through things like getting a bit more activity through the week, more walking, a little bit more gym work. Um, all that's taken, obviously, it's steps in place and still doing the big pre-bolus. And the pre-bolus is now only about half an hour. and Then I start prepping my meal, so it's not as severe, but it's still
0: there. there. Mm. This needs to be a lot of longer time frame than what I've been used to in the past. Mm. So you, just so I know, Lucas, are you taking your insulin yep. 30 minutes past, you're then starting to cook your food or are you eating on the 30-minute yep. mark? Starting to cook and prep then. So another
1: 15, 20 minutes goes by before
0: I sit down and eat. So it's like 40, about 45, 60 minutes pre-bolus essentially you're yep. taking. Pretty much. What, what type of insulin are you on? Uh, Nova Rapid crazy crazy 60 minutes
1: normally yep normally at the beginning of the year i'd have a 10 minute window unless it was a heavy carb dish like a bowl of cereal and there was nothing else in it then it's going to be longer but a normal average meal 10 minutes and then i'm pretty much ready to eat Hmm. 15 minutes if there's a bit more carbs in there or it's a higher higher portion but average meal most days of the week 10 minutes and mancholin's kicked in
0: and then obviously the difference now Just goes to show you and like, obviously when, when you were in hospital that time that you were kind of outlining, it's a combination of so many different things as opposed to just one thing. Like even when I, when I think of my own, like my own management or my own kind of weekly routine, if I didn't go to the gym for a week, my insulin sensitivity would be drastically reduced. My resistance would be through the roof. Yeah. So you've obviously just had like a dramatic, let's call it a dramatic combination of stress, I would imagine, inflammation in your system, all these types of medication that inevitably are going to pull your blood sugars up, lack of exercise, lack of carb counting with unpredictable foods. (laughs) And like, yeah. So if you, I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand how that's, I'm I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing just because how, how insane it is. Like you are somebody Lucas, who typically, as you say, you're in and around 90% time and range most of the time. How did it feel like dealing with all of that? And then also knowing that time and range was in and around 20%. Like, what did you feel like physically and mentally? Um, obviously it's hard to
1: tell as well because you've got all these medications you're lying about most of the day so you're like how do I really feel what, what's actually going on with the body but mm. again you start getting like <sighs> that constant almost for me like verging on how thirsty you were before diagnosis you constantly felt like that because you needed to drink so much because you're so higher than what you normally are normally I drink like my three litres a day and that's fine but you were finishing a glass you're like I need another glass because obviously your body's like, your sugar's high here. You need to get this flushed out. Mm. So you're drinking all the time, but nothing's making that impact. You just feel rubbish. You just feel like, I'm done. Then you're seeing right, okay, that's me and another high, right? Correction dose, right? Sort it. And you're just like, this is tough. Like mentally, this is tough now because it's draining because normally you go from checking your system, right? Okay, you're on 6.5. You're pre-bolused, right? That's going to kick in. You're going to eat your dinner half an hour goes by that activity is going to be fine you're going to be doing whatever you need to do you're not going to see much of a change you might be aware that oh don't do go and do a wee 5k because you're going to hit a low but if you go about your normal day-to-day business you're going to be fine but then it was like right you've hit this you're you're high you're gonna you've got to eat again you're still going to be high because by the time that correction dose kicks in it could be hours down the line you you can't wait all night to not have your dinner so you're like i need to eat I'm not getting lower. The insulin's not kicked in. This insulin's not going to kick in till who knows what time. And it's just all that was just like, this is actually starting to create on you. And you're like, I can't, like, you're just like, I can't keep an eye on this. Like, you're just constantly checking it. Right, what's going on? Double check it. Or oh, is it a fault with the Dexcom? Check your finger prick. No, it's not. Right, check again on your Dexcom. Oh, it must be a mistake. I can't be up at 16 already. I've I'm not even at my dinner. Check your finger prick. Be up at 16. Right, okay, what's going on? And it was trying to, like, so aware of that and being on top of it and trying to find a trend when really the trends were all over the place every day mm-hmm. I mean from day to day it was just like right this is going to be different again so we was trying to actually like break it down and be on top of it as much as possible still um,
0: mm. what did you find more challenging was it the mental side of that trying to like deal with it or the physical side of it
1: I'd say personally the mental side for being such a complete change in where my sort of levels normally are and my control is and how I can cope with it and what I know from taking my correction dose So, what do I do pre-gym what do I do before work with my dosages what impact is that food going to have all the me bits that you know every day already I'm a bit more stressed it's hotter it's colder today how does that impact to all of a sudden everything's impacting me and I'm just going high like how do I now start to work this out hmm. when normally, because I remember going on the air bike a couple of weeks after coming out, normally air bike, 10 minutes, I'm going low. I was on for half an hour. I was <laughs> dripping with sweat. I could barely breathe and I'm like, right, that's half an hour down. I have, I to, be to, I have to be low. I have to be low. Yep. And it's still up at nine and I'm like, come on, like this has got to start kicking in soon. Like, give me a break. Like, yeah. I just want to be like six when I come off this bike. So then I know I've got a nice couple hours window rather than coming off at nine and I'm like, oh, start to creep back up to 10, 12, 14. By the uh, time I go to bed at 16 again, I was like, no, I won't be down at six. So then if it does creep up, that's sort of four to six mark, I'm close to being in range still.
0: Hmm.
1: So did so, right, uh, you yeah.
0: yeah. And uh, did it get to a stage for you, Lucas, then, where were you like consciously increasing the amount of insulin you were taking? Like did it did it yep. get to a stage where like if, I suppose from my perspective, listening to this, it, it sounds as like, my God, I needed to like triple my basal insulin dose. It, you was, know? it was actually like, triple. Oh, it was triple? Bang on,
1: triple, yep. Uh, for four weeks, um, wow. triple what I normally take. It started to reduce down slightly, um, but pretty much doubled within the first couple of weeks of being in hospital, um, and then up to triple what I normally am was That was morning and night as well. So it's not just like during the day I was creeping up in that sort of daily stress. Mm. That's making you go high. It was morning and night, both the same. So you could be sleeping. Even if I slept throughout the whole night and I went to bed at, say, 12, I'd wake up with my normal dose at 18. Like, right, wow. how's that worked? Right, so then it was like double the dose, like obviously steady, double the dose. Right, okay, I'm still waking up two or four higher than what I normally am okay, what's going on, right? So then it was up to triple the dose. And that was like, right, we're now starting to see a pattern of, this is stable or I'm getting a slight decrease. Right, okay, we know what to do. As obviously the decrease became more apparent, it was like, right, we can start lowering that dose again. Hmm. But...
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. So give me an example, Lucas, of like what what those numbers are. Because obviously triple is a, a massive, massive increase. But what were your doses... Normally and then what was triple. So just to kind of put it into perspective.
1: Thirty-eight in the morning. Um so I normally take about thirteen in the morning, average, depending on sort of what the day is. So it's like thirty eight to thirty nine in the morning and then normally about thirty-two at night. Normally at night I'm quite settled. I don't see a drop or a rise. So I can have quite a low dose at night. But then for me I was well over thirty. For some people that's common, but for my normal Mm. So sort I of day to day, I'm about sort of a 10 at night, yeah.
0: uh, 15 in the afternoon to help me through the day. Yeah, of course, like pe- people's insulin requirements can vary so much, yep. but for, even if somebody's taken two units typically and yep. they go up to six and triple, it's still a massive increase. Like uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mentally, Lucas, that must have just been like terrifying because if I like I'm I'm again putting it putting it into my own management. Like I take twelve units in the morning, twelve units at night. So 24 units essentially of basil yep. over a 24 hour period. Like if I went up to 66 units over a 24 hour period, I'd die of a panic attack before the insulin would kill me because it that would be such a terrifying thing to do. Like,
1: yeah. And and then Oof. you put on that you've took your pre-bolus and you're going out an hour's walk and you're still not eating. And then you've got all this anxiety and all this fear that, right, okay, I've got far more insulin than I've ever had in my system before. I've then just pre-bolused and I'm still out and about and I've not got my food with me. Like, something bad's going to happen here. And it was like all the time you were like, oh my God, like, I've, I've had how much insulin this morning? Like, and you'd be checking your Dexcom, like, all right, okay, give me two Right. Okay. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Right. And then you'd be like, no, surely that's a mistake. Maybe it's not picked up. Right. Finger prick check. Right. Doo, doo, doo. No, I'm fine. Right. Okay. How's that worked? How can I be on so much insulin and still be in range or high and right, okay. Take, and then you'd be like, do I take a correction dose? Because I've had that much, maybe that morning insulin's just not kicked in the same as normally it does. So maybe my baseline's not working. Right. Okay. Right. Do I do it? Do I not do it? And all these wee bits we just adding on all the time where you're like, This can't be right. Like Your mind's telling you this can't be right. Something's Mm. got to change here. You can't just keep increasing your insulin or taking insulin and not eating for long periods of time and it all be okay. Mm. It goes against everything you believe, everything that you know when you deal with your hypo because there wasn't as much carbs in your meal as what you planned for. And then all of a sudden, you're not even eating and you're taking insulin. It's like, right, hold on a minute. Why is that working? surely that's a mistake. Mm. Should I do this the same tomorrow? Should I leave it that amount of time? Should I have lower carbs? Should I have more carbs? All these wee bits to just building and building all the time, knowing that in the background you had so much more insulin
0: in your system as well. Jesus. You know, even just how you were explaining that, which like I can absolutely relate to as a type 1 diabetic, I obviously haven't been through something that, traumatic myself but i can absolutely relate and understand what you're saying because it's it's and like yep. what we go through a lot like it's such a unique condition unless you live with it what you have just said doesn't really make sense and that like yep. that consumption of your thought doesn't make sense unless you live with diabetes i'm stressed even listening to it
1: <laughs> you know Yep it was yeah. it was that sort of stress oh day to my. day minute to minute because it wasn't even just out, it was like minute to minute where you're like like right, how much active insulin do i have right now and it was like things like you could just go into the gym and you're like right okay i'm going to do this wee workout and then you think right i've got triple my basal in my system right so if normally my body reacts with just my basal in and i go to the gym and i do this workout this is what will happen now i've got triple that so surely that's going to be triple the change. So if I drop two units, you know, like two two blood sugar levels down during my workout, sure that's now going to drop six. Mm. But wait a minute, I've also had more Nova Rapid insulin because I'm not as sensitive to that. So I'm needing to change my carb count slightly to have a slightly more insulin. I've then got that in. That's still active because I know that's not having the same time frame as what it normally does. So that's still active in my system. So I've got triple my basal, I've got more Nova Rapid than normal, and it's still active. What's going to happen in this gym session? Minute to minute, and you're constantly thinking, right. And then you come out of the gym, and you're like, right, okay. Normally, this would happen after the gym, and I'd eat then. But now, what's going to happen? Mm. Right, okay, what window do I need? Right, okay, has that made a difference? Has it not made a difference? When is that going to kick in? When is that not going to kick? Just all these wee bits, minute to minute. It was just so many more decisions that were needing to be made.
0: Mm. God, unbelievable, Lucas. Oh, unbelievable. I'm almost lost for words. Like, Yo. that because that minute to minute is so mentally time consuming and like mentally energy consuming. It's just, it's hard to imagine. How are things now, more importantly?
1: Much better. Um, so, I was checking today. In fact, I loaded up the decks coming out while we speak to this, make sure we get an accurate one. So, let's go reports. So the last seven days, 82% in range. Um so much better. <laughs> better. Being in the twenties to being in 82%, <laughs> um, things like that. Couple of spikes and stuff where still that sort of insulin sensitive is not quite as good. So you're getting that wee bit of spike where maybe the timing's a little bit off or things like that. But again, that's improving. Um mm. so back to almost a range where I can handle and I understand and that's comfortable for me. Um, But then again, the sensitivity is still not quite what I'm used to, Um, but I'm now noticing I don't need to go out my walk after pre-bolus, what's been a a nice wee send where you're like, right, okay, I know I can now eat in half an hour rather than I need to go a walk first, then prep, then eat, and then probably walk again. It's now like, right, you can just go about it pre-bolus, then start cooking. Mm. Um, So these wee changes obviously been huge as well to make it a more manageable time.
0: Hmm. When you had that triple basil dose, Lucas, yep. was it was it like a gradual? Was it a gradual change in terms of like you coming out of that resistance, as in if your sensitivity had essentially kind of started coming back down to its normal, let's call it range, but you yep. still had triple the dose of basil. I would imagine that's going to be pulling you down massively. So was it almost like a... Was it a gradual like decrease of basal while you were noticing at the same time the, the re-increase of sensitivity? Like, how did you yeah. kind of navigate that? That was part one of this episode. If you are listening to this on the day of the release, part two will be out tomorrow. But if you're listening on any other day, Part two is the next episode on our list.